Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for supernatural girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. I'm here with my co-host, PK. How you doing tonight? Fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. I'm so excited about our show tonight. Can't oh wait to listen to this young man singing. Oh, my. You know what? He is a super talent. You and mm-hmm. I both see how incredibly talented he is, and so do millions of other people. Yes. He's a star on The Voice, and, hey, you know what? He's a good-looking guy, and he loves the paranormal. He's got the whole package. Oh, definitely. He's, he's, he's our kind of guy. He is our guy. <laughs> and he's with us tonight, and he's going to be sharing his paranormal adventures with us and We're also going to be talking about something else he's going to participate in, which is another live stream event from our dear friend, producer, Renee Barnett, where they're going to go to the Queen Mary on Halloween. They're going to be doing live streaming again. So those tickets are available on thedarkzonetv.tv. Excuse me, thedarkzone.tv. And we're going to be talking about that tonight. We have so much to do tonight. And it's going to be very exciting. So let's get started, PK. You took a look at our guest's numbers, and his name is Britton Buchanan. Now, tell us about Britton. Well, the first thing that I notice about him, he's an extremely sensitive young man. Very, very sensitive, even more so than he even likes to let people know that he is. He feels uh-huh. every, Even to the touch of his hand, he feels it. He's very creative, very outgoing, but his sensitive side, you are always doing two things at one time. You've never done just one thing in your life. You're certainly not going to start now, but you are, your sensitive side is to the point where it's overloading all that's taking place around you, which is making you feel everything that you're doing. When you sing you feel it from with, within the very depths of your soul. Does that make sense to you? It makes sense to me. Well, <laughs> it's because I'm picking that up so so very strong. Uh, taking a look at how things have gone for you over the last, your your creative side is very strong, but when it comes to how you feel uh, as far as what you want to respond to others, you're very. You have almost a uh, feminine, and so when you're touching anything, you put that out to everybody, and they're they're getting a chance to see it. You uh, live in the head a lot, do you not? Yes. 
I do, yes. Uh-huh. And you've never done just one thing in your life. If you're not doing a minimum of two, you're already behind yourself. <laughs> so, I mean, That's a lot entirely of true. going on here. Uh, you're, if you would allow yourself the opportunity to just work with your creative side more and more, don't be afraid to express what you feel. Sometimes it's it's hard because we don't think other people understand how we feel within, but you have so much going for yourself. And uh, you're going to be, like I said, always multitasking. You feel everything, that sensitive side of yours. So anything that you become involved in, that uh, there's that special gift that you're going to be able to put into it that's going to be above and beyond. I love it. I love it. I love the sound of that. Above and beyond. It sounds great. And it is. It's going to be great. You're going into a year, though. I want you to start paying attention a little bit to the details of things. Between now and the end of this year, you are anything to do with the spiritual or metaphysics or anything, any way, shape, or form going to be excellent for you. You're, you're going to be able to put it out where other people are going to understand what you've got to say to them. But I do want you to start paying attention to the details of things as of January. And that's, you know, kind of pay attention to your health. Take a good look at things. Don't let yourself run down. Make sure that you're mm-hmm. healthy and whole. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah, don't run too fast that you miss you missed the times to take a break because you're going to need some right. of those. But uh, there definitely is going to be some new things that are going to be coming out. The work that you're going to be doing over the next eight to nine months are going to really blossom forth big time this time next year. Things you haven't even thought of yet. Amazing. So kind of keep I, I, your eye I love open that. To that. And if there's any questions you have, you could always reach me off the air, okay? Amazing. Thank you. That's very nice. You're that's more very than sweet. welcome Thank here. You. It's, you're, you're on a roll. It's going to be great. Make sure that Amazing. you're kind of good so care of your health because you're going to be pushing too hard this year. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. I will. I promise I will do that. Okay. That's good. That makes me a happy camper then. <laughs> That's Perfect. right. We're going to hold you to Me that. Too. So, well, that's great, PK. Thanks so much for doing that for Britain. It's always nice oh, happy to hear to such good things about someone and their their present and their future and how wonderful things are coming to him. Isn't that exciting? Gosh, oh, it is. It's nice to see things happen and to see them uh, escalating as they're going. Oh yeah, it's always nice the beginning and then know it's going to blossom and really bloom before the end gets here. I mean, whoo. Oh, gosh, yes. A lot of good stuff, Kevin. Amazing. Yes, that's wonderful. Well, before we formally bring you on the air, (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) just tell everybody, hey, you all need to go to our Facebook page because we've got some really interesting stories there. One of them is a Bigfoot that was spotted in the Sequoia Forest sitting in a tree stand that no human could get to. There's no access. So they were, I guess, using this tree stand for some other project that was taking place. But, again, there's no access. 
And there was a father and son out wandering around in the forest, and they, the son looked up and said, Hey, Dad, I think that's a Bigfoot up there. And dear old Dad whipped out his camera and took a bunch of photos, and you're going to see it on our Facebook page. So take a look at that. Great, great story. And also, another photograph story, but this one doesn't have the happiest ending because this is a bunch of photographs taken about the time of, well, let's see, it was over 30 years ago now. Um, These photos were taken of a 100-foot UFO, and it was in a daytime confrontation with military jets, and all the photographs came out perfectly. However, Mm -hmm. guess what happened? They took them to a newspaper, and the newspaper somehow uh, had them taken away, never to be seen again. The government refuses to release them, so we know they got their mitts on them. And they Mm. promised they were going to release them in January of 2021. However, they've now decided they're going to lock them up again for 50 more years. So we got to ask this question. Is this the smoking gun? Is this the holy grail of UFO photos? And I have to give credit to Paul Seaborn, who was kind enough to write about this on Mysterious Universe. That's where I grabbed this story from, because we've been talking about disclosure now for such a long time, and we feel we're mm-hmm. close to it. Then we get a story like this that is so upsetting, because they have clear, unmistakable photos, and we can't see them. So the whole story is there on our Facebook page. Take a look. And I think what I'm going to do, Graham Phillips. Remember Graham? He's been on the show a bunch of times. Yes, I do. I do. He's always finding these amazing artifacts. He wrote The Green Stone and other books. And he's great at solving puzzles and and following clues. And I'm going to tell him to get on this one, see what he can find out. I also talked to him about Mothman because they've had some sightings in the U.K., which is very unusual, a Mothman. So I know it's our favorite cryptid. I hear it's Britain's, too. So anyways, so go to the Facebook page. Make sure you follow us there. Follow us on Twitter. And now I'm going to tell you more about our guest in case you don't already know, because you probably already recognize this guy from his mm-hmm. performance on season 17 of The Voice, uh, he was just tremendous. Britton Buchanan. What you probably don't know about Britton is that he loves the paranormal as much as he loves writing and singing. So tonight, he's going to be with us to share his paranormal adventures that took place in South Pasadena, the Devil's Trampling, Tramping Ground, Bobby Mackey's Music World, and, of course, we're going to be talking about our favorite cryptid, Mothman. So mm-hmm. now we're also going to play a new song that Britain just wrote and performed. It's called October's Queen. It's awesome. We're going to be playing that for you live on the show here. Well, actually, I, I uploaded it, but it's a beautiful song. It's so powerful. You're going to love it. And we're going to talk a little bit about what Britain's going to be doing on Halloween aboard the Queen Mary, the most haunted ship in the world. So, again, Britain, he was born in the South, and he was inspired by his family to pick up a guitar, and he just didn't stop singing after that. He's from Sanford, North Carolina. He's been working hard 
to develop his sound and perfect his art. And he is continuing his very successful career in the music industry and breaking away whenever he can to have more paranormal adventures. So, Britton, welcome to the show. It's good to be here. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's our pleasure. Are you kidding? Having such a super talent like you live with us, we just love it. Thank you so much for taking time to speak with us. But we got to find out a little bit more about you and your guitar and your singing. When did you start? Um, I started playing guitar when I was eight years old out of necessity because I had nothing else I was really good at. I mean, we, we went through the sports routine. We tried, you know, t-ball and basketball and everything, and it just, none of it was clicking. Um, and I was really horrible, really horrible. And I guess I was like, oh, let's let's try guitar. And <laughs> um, and I sealed my fate, I think, with that decision. And I've just been doing it ever since. So for a while now, since I was eight years old. My goodness. So you then you you kept performing locally. Is that what you did for a while? Yeah, I didn't start singing until I was about 12 and that's that's about that same time uh is when I started playing in bars every, every about every weekend. I got in a band um around the end of 12 the beginning of 13 and I we just started playing in bars, a classic rock cover band and um you know, we did what we had to do and then I just kept going with the band ended naturally as bands will when you're all 13 and 14 and 15 years old. And, um, and you know, I would play by myself in between bands. I've, I've done about everything you can do. I've had a classic rock cover band. I had a soul band for a couple of shows. I had a jam band for a couple of shows. I did acoustic shows. I've sat in with, you know, the local country bands, um, tr- just trying to put in my due diligence when it comes to, to bar band work. And then the voice happened when I was about 17 or 18 years old, and there hasn't been any looking back since. God, you know, both PK and I, we watched your uh, live audition on the voice, and that song you sang and how you sang, it just blew us away. Trouble. Now, how did you Thank pick you. that song? Um, so they gave me that song based on a list of things that I, that I had sent in, uh, just what kind of song would you like? Um, and I sent in about five and that ended up being on the list and that was, it was just there. I I don't know why I picked that song. I've always really liked that song. Um, and I had sang it a lot in bars and I knew that I could, that I could do it pretty well. And so it just seemed natural to put on the list. And, I don't know why they picked it, but I'm glad they did because that one probably gets mentioned to be more than any other of the the 13 or 14 songs I did on the show. It's usually that one that gets mentioned to me the most. It was phenomenal. Wasn't it, PK? Thank you. God. You really, you just cemented your your name in in history with that one as far as we were concerned. Thanks. Just wonderful performance. Just incredible performance, and of course they loved it. So, so you went further, all the way to runner-up. Is that where you uh, you ended yep. with them? I was runner-up. Quite up. an accomplishment. Yes. Quite an accomplishment. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yes. I was pretty happy about it. I, I wasn't expecting anything to to happen at all when I went out there for the initial audition, and then 
Um, so it was all a surprise to me. And there's a, there's a big difference between a bar audience and an audience like that. Did, did yeah. you nervous? No, no. You didn't seem nervous at all. Maybe for like 10 or 15 seconds each night uh, when we started doing our our live shows uh, because I have a tendency to forget the words um, Uh sometimes. And so I was always nervous because it is a lot of pressure that I would get on stage and forget the words. Uh, on live TV because uh, the show has about 15 million people that watch it live. And so mm-hmm. if you embarrass yourself, it's like, oh, it, it's it's not like, you know, you're in a bar and like the 60 people that are so drunk they're not going to remember you tomorrow. I just heard you <laughs> forget the words. Um, oh, yes. It's <laughs> like it's a lot of them. And so after I w- – once I would get through the first line, I would be all right. But I – I've I tend to be more comfortable with but with a guitar in my hands anyways and on stage because I've spent so much of my time doing that um, and so it just that just kind of felt really natural everyone was a great support system all of the contestants were very friendly with each other and we all were you know big supporters of each other and then our celebrity coaches mine was Alicia Keys who I worked really closely with and still do. She was always very supportive. The crew was always very supportive. Um, and the audience for the show was always very supportive. So I, I knew that, you know, it was everything's going to be okay when I went yeah, out there. So I, I wasn't really that nervous. Gosh. Well, Say it one more time. Did a... I miss something? I thought I talked over you for a second. I was like, oh, no. No, I was just I saying you were definitely in good hands. They took good oh, care of you. you. Yeah, they they were great. That it couldn't be better. I, I I have not one complaint about the entire time I was there. Oh, that's, that's great. Terrific. I mean, you looked so natural on stage. You looked mm-hmm. like you had been doing this for a million years. I feel like that too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> In more ways than one, huh? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've been doing it. Yeah, it's I. I it just feels so. Um, you know, old to me, not in the sense of it's gotten old, but just that like, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, I've done it for way longer than I have in a good way. Yeah. Many lifetimes. Yeah. Good for you. Gosh, so exciting. So exciting. Well, now let's get to the paranormal. So how did you get excited about the world of the paranormal? What turned your head in that direction? I'm trying to think of what the initial thing was. I was always kind of drawn to darker things as a kid. Um, Horror movies were a big outlet for me as a young kid. You know, growing up in the South, everyone plays sports, and if you don't, you're weird. And so I was kind of like, I felt like the outcast in, in my school because I was just so different than everybody else. And I discovered horror films when I was nine. Uh, my mom let me watch Wes Craven's A Nightmare on Elm Street. And it just sent me off on this spiral of kind of like looking for everything to do with anything like that. And I think that probably, you know, that was was probably my initial introduction. And then we would go and get, you know, 
whenever we would go on vacation, I would somehow always find the part of the gift store that had the books about, you know, ghost stories of the Appalachia or whatever, you know, what, you know, those kind of books that you find in random hotel lobbies. And, uh, and I just started, I mean, like, I, I remember being really young, like 10 years old and just like, being aware of like Myrtle's plantation and places like this, um, that I, Myrtle's plantation really stuck out for me. I don't, I, I don't know why I, I've never been, I've always wanted to go, but, um, I had a book with a big chapter about Myrtle's plantation in new Orleans or in Louisiana, wherever it is. And, um, I, that, that, that's actually the earliest memory I have of the supernatural is reading a book that was written for like, nine and 10 and 11 year olds and becoming completely fascinated with Myrtle's plantation. Now, have you ever seen a ghost yourself? Seen? No, but, um, experienced totally. I've been touched a couple of times. Um, and I may have seen something out of the corner of my eye a couple of times when I've been to Bobby Mackey's a few times that I've been, but, I've never seen like a full body apparition. Those are kind of rare, but it sounds like you've had your own experiences. So let's go to that. Um, Did you want to start with the Bobby Mackey music world experience? Yeah. I mean, that was probably the most, well, I guess my first like real experience experience would have been in the Waverly Hills Sanatorium in Kentucky. Um, is where I think it started that it like I had my first experience that to me was like, okay, undoubtedly that was real. And um, I can't explain it. And it makes the most sense to go, to go this way. Um, I went there for like an overnight tour um, with the girl that I was dating at the time and her uh, brother-in-law. And we, did the whole thing, the whole Waverly Hills Sanatorium. I know there's some there's some room there that I completely am blanking on that was a big hot spot. There's all these, you know, stories and legends and everything about that room that I never felt anything there. And we did that. We were there for forever. And then we decided we were going to go down a floor to the fourth floor and see shadow people. Um, that was the big thing. The shadow people are all on the fourth floor. So they split our group up into two two subgroups, and we went to different ends of the hallway, and we were just looking. And, you know, I felt like I saw a couple of things, but I wasn't sure. And then they were like, do you, anybody want to go down the hallway by themselves? And uh, I was like, sure. Me, I'll do it. Let's do it. Um, so I walked down the hallway about 30 or 40 feet. It was quite a distance. I felt really far away from them. Um and I was standing there. It was dead silent. Um, and just from, like, further down the hallway from me, straight ahead, it just sounded like um, somebody was walking but wasn't wasn't picking up their feet. Like their feet were hmm. scuffing along the, the pavement when someone along. was walking. Yeah. And I said, oh, I, I hear this noise. This is what I hear. And the guide was like, oh, the group before you guys uh, heard the exact same thing. They were talking about these noises coming from down there. And I was like, okay, well, that's weird. Um, And where I was standing in the hallway, there was an empty room to my right. And 
I was just standing there with my hands in my pockets, and I just felt my right hand get really, really heavy, as if like someone was trying to pull my hand out of my pocket, out of my pocket, through my pocket. Whoa. And I heard the exact same noise in the room to my to my right, right after that. Um, and I called back and I said, "Hey, look, I just heard it from in here. I'm getting really freaked out." And the tour guide was like, "You will never believe this." But about three seconds before you said that, we had someone in the group um, say that they saw a very clear, distinct shadow person uh, to your right and disappear into that room. I had no – I was 40 feet away from them. I couldn't hear a word they were saying. And uh, that was like my first experience where I was like, okay, all of these things aligned at once. You know, I had a physical reaction. I heard what I heard and had no idea that right before – uh, someone had just said they uh, visually, you know, saw this thing, and I and I was completely unaware. So all of the stars aligned right then for me, and I was like, okay, I think I just had my first real paranormal experience. Oh, so very cool. So for our audience, I just want to tell everybody what this place was. The Waverly Hills Sanatorium was a two-story hospital that opened in the early 1900s, 1910s specifically, mm-hmm. to accommodate tuberculosis patients. Right. So that's what it was for because there was quite an outbreak of tuberculosis back then. And they closed it in 1961 because the antibiotic drug streptomycin was used and it basically lowered the need for the hospital. So those are people who were, it sounds like they were pretty terminal because they didn't have a medication at that time to treat it so right i think there's big disputes over the number of people that died there but i believe our tour guide said they believed it was you know several thousand folks that had passed away in this place which is you know that energy is already there hanging in the air of just sadness um and it was just such a heavy night, and then when that happened, it was like, okay, I'm addicted <laughs> to going to these places now, and I'm going to go. And that's what led me to Bobby Mackey's, which, um, again, I was dating a girl in Kentucky at the time, so I would fly there every other month and kind of spend a week there. So we, um, I had a couple of commitments there after we after we had broken up, and I drove there with two of my friends, and we went to Bobby Mackey's for the first time. And... Um, I was terrified. I mean, I was like absolutely terrified to go on the way there. I was driving my dad's truck from North Carolina. It was like a seven and a half hour drive to where we were staying in Kentucky and then two more hours to Bobby Mackey's. Um, oh, okay. I, I lied. We were actually going to Point Pleasant. We stayed in Point Pleasant. That'll lead oh, us to Mothman. Mothman territory. But okay. We drove even further to Bobby Mackey's and then came back to Point Pleasant. So it's like seven and a half hours to Point Pleasant, two and a half hours to Bobby Mackey's. And on the way there, um, we got in a wreck. Somebody hit us from behind. Luckily, it didn't do much damage. And so we just got back on the road and went to Bobby Mackey's. Um, But that night was crazy. You know, all different kinds of, of things were happening, you know, seeing things out of the corner of your eye spirit boxes and all of those kind of responses. Um, but I guess the most solid thing for me that really would have that really freaked me out was um, we were filming a lot of this on our iPhones, and my friend had bought like a mount for his phone that came with a, like a, a light mount, and he had 
put this light on it that he had mm-hmm. just put brand new batteries in. We had just bought them that day, put the batteries in. And he set the light down on the bar. And we were just hanging out after everybody else had left us and the tour guide. And they were like, they were just talking. And in the middle of the sentence, just the light just turned on. And <laughs> they shut it back on. And they were like, okay, well, if you're here with us, can you turn the light back off and the light immediately turned off again in which case we turned it back on and asked it again if you're here with us can you please turn the light off and it went off again Uh, we checked the batteries the brand new batteries were almost completely drained Um, and so we were like oh that's really weird obviously energy draining and whatnot and we went back to the car turned the light on and the batteries were fully charged and it oh. never turned off again the entire trip. Incredible. Yeah. Really odd. Now, this is a severely haunted place. And actually, our guest last week, Maria Shaw, who's a French quarter medium and astrologer, and her husband, talked about Bob Mackey's music world. Right. And she she will not let her husband go there to do any ghost hunting at all. And remember wow. what she said, PK, about that? place yes very definitely yeah she very said it is demonically haunted which it makes it dangerous is. yeah it that so i had uh that trip was crazy for me because after we came back from point pleasant uh the next day i drove back to kentucky with another friend of mine uh my bestest friend in the whole world and I was like you know what we have to go back to Bobby Mackey's Um, and we went to Bobby Mackey's and this time they were like okay you can we can take you up into the uh, the what used to be the living quarters above the bar where the caretaker Carl would have stayed now Carl got possessed um, supposedly possessed at Bobby Mackey's they did an exorcism in the kitchen, which there's video of online. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he ended up living there for the rest of his life. He's since passed away. Um, but he lived above the bar in a, an, an apartment up there. And they were like, we can take you up. And we went up. And I will never forget this. And all of my, the rest of my life, I will never forget this. We were standing. Um, there was a little coffee table in the middle that people had put a bunch of cigarettes on top of because, um, because he 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 was a chain smoker. And there was a, a lady standing across from me. It was completely pitch black. It was like one in the morning. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I just became aware of. A, it was a seven foot tall completely black figure it's darker than the the blackness because it was nighttime and i could make out the entirety of everything like from head to arms to legs everything i could see and i became aware that i could not move i could not breathe and i was i've never been more terrified in my life and this went on for about 45 seconds to a minute of just standing there, not being able to breathe or move, looking at this figure that was just standing behind this woman. And then all of a sudden it was just gone and it was like nothing had ever happened, but I will never forget it. And it's the only time 
that I've investigated anywhere that I've ever felt like something wanted to hurt me. Like I felt mm. in danger and um, it was brutal. And then I went back a week later. <laughs> so I got a dig to it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Now, why do you feel, do you think you're compelled to go there so much? I have no idea. I have a tendency to whenever I'm in within two or three hours of it to go. And I always am terrified. I always don't want to go, but I feel like I have to. And I've done it every single time I'm in the area. Uh, and I don't like it. Um compelled to go. And I always feel drawn to go. So I, so I do. Um, and it's really weird. I've never had a place besides maybe the Queen Mary, but for different reasons, that mm-hmm. um, has a hold on me like that. Wow. Well, I'll tell you the rest of what Maria said about that place. Um, one of the other reasons that she didn't want her husband to go there is because everybody they've known that's been married who goes there, they get divorced within a year. Right. Everybody. Wow. Yeah. So there's there's such a tragic energy around it and as she said she feels it's it's um it's a demonic enterprise over there so that's you know her warning is something you might want to pay attention to because yeah i haven't been in like a year i'm not rushing to go back yeah you know the demonic energy is so different than typical hauntings and like you found with that dark figure the seven foot tall dark figure it, it did have power over you you couldn't move, right. and you you felt it had an evil intent towards you. And you're right; I'm sure it did. And luckily, it it didn't manifest. So it it might be important for you to do one of two things: either don't go back, <laughs> right. or make sure you know how to protect yourself when you do, because protecting yourself from demonic energy takes on a whole different level versus protecting yourself when you're just going into a haunted house. Definitely. Definitely. In fact, you should make sure that you have that protection around you, period, because you're drawn towards that type of thing. And without that reinforcement, shall we say, you're making yourself a little too vulnerable. Right. Just something to think about. Yeah. Totally. it's, It's really weird. It is strange, and there there are ways for you to get to the bottom of why you're being compelled there, whether it's just they're on your frequency, which they can do that. You know, they get on your frequency, and then they mm-hmm. pull you in. Or you may have some past life stuff that you could explore back then, but it doesn't require you to be there to get that information. You could certainly get right. that information from dreams and other things like that so that you don't have to endanger yourself to find out why you find mm-hmm. that place so attractive. So be careful, please. You're too old you have- to over I'm here. We'll worry about you, Britton. <laughs> right. Uh, Britain, I do promise. You have any I, I do have, I have a younger brother. Are they drawn towards the metaphysics as you are? Um, I don't think so. My brother tends to be really scared of everything. So, um, whereas, like, I was uh, begging to go to, like, you know, mm-hmm. haunted houses when I was, yeah. like, eight years old, my brother refuses to go, and he's 15. So, um, he's just not interested. I like, let Mikey in, in, do it, huh? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's sometimes. a there's a big difference here there between uh, Bobby Mackey's place and uh, say some of these other places that you have visited, and I know the last live stream that was at Lizzie Borden's house, huge difference in energy. Even though that was a pretty brutal murder <laughs> that took place, um, you know there there was a lot of energy that was contained, and it it just was not demonic at all, really. It's a big difference, so make sure you're protected or just stay away from places like that because the energy can be overwhelming. And clearly, that poor guy got possessed. I'm sure that wasn't much fun. So I'm sure anyway. it wasn't. No, yeah. for sure. Yeah, so just be aware of that. Those things do have a tremendous amount of power, and they're not afraid to use it on vulnerable people. Right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm definitely not itching to go back. I think I'm going to steer steer clear of uh of Bobby Mackey's. Um it's it it you know, the last time I went it w- it was not particularly eventful and I I was still scared and I was like, you know what, if nothing's happening and I'm and I'm terrified right now, I should probably maybe not come back here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good idea. What year was that? What year was that the last was, time you were there? Uh probably last year. I think sometime last year, early last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was taking—I had taken a look at your chart for different areas in that, and at that point in time, uh, you were trying to prove that nothing's going to bother you, but it did. It got your attention again. Right. Hmm. Totally. Interesting. I, I, it's the only time I've ever had an experience like that. Even when I've been to the Ohio State Reformatory, like you say, like Lizzie Borden is a very extremely brutal murder. But this, the, the mm-hmm. energy is a lot is a lot different there. Just like in the Ohio State Reformatory, I never really had a, a paranormal experience per se. But the energy of sadness was completely overwhelming in in, in that kind of place, regardless of the fact that. It was filled with murderers and rapists and all these bad people. Um, I never felt um, anything like I felt in Bobby Mack. He's just a tremendous sense of, of, of sadness, which is what I feel in a, a lot of these places that I go. Same thing with, with Waverly Hills. and um, It's just it's, – it's, energy is so funny. It's like sometimes I, I, I lose, lose the words for it. But, um, well, yeah, Bobby Mack is not sensitive. on my you pick up everything. It's almost right. as if you're walking into a cobweb. It all hangs on you. Even though you can brush it off, it still stays there for you. Right. Yeah, it, it, I do feel particularly sensitive. I also feel as though things are responsive uh, to me. For example, right now I'm at my friend's shop in South Pasadena. Whoever's listening close to California the biggest number one hotspot that you have never heard of is definitely um, my friend's shop. It's uh, there's a toy store in the front called the Dinosaur Farm, um, and there my friend's shop in the back is a jewelry making parlor called Kids Jewelry Heist. And um, I guess the, the story starts with when when my friend Kelly moved into the building uh, a couple months after opening. A a lady walked in and she just walked in and took a step back and she said, what is this place? And he was like, well, uh, this is a jewelry making parlor. And she was like, no, 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 no. But what is this place? I feel Mm -hmm. 
and intent here. And he was like, oh, yeah. And she was like, yeah. And to prove it to you, you're, right now your grandma is standing behind you. And mm. to prove that it's her, she's holding two green things that she crocheted for you. And Kelly just got a bunch of goosebumps because, and I've seen them, um, when he was younger, uh, his grandmother crocheted him a green frog and his brother a green alligator, which he has in the closet at his house right now. So we were all, he, his ears were perked. Um, <laughs> and we've had a bunch of mediums come through and say there's a presence here. But uh, it really start, we really started recognizing that there was a presence here when a couple of years ago, Kelly was here late one night. The toy store closes at 6. Uh, they have some ladies' night out parties sometimes in the jewelry heist. And it was about 11 o'clock, and uh, he was putting some tables down away in the basement, which is actually where I am right now. And on his way back up the stairs, he just heard these huge knocks on the back door. And he walked to the back door and opened it, and it was three South Pasadena police officers. And they said, sir, um, we've got, you know, multiple calls about a young girl dancing in the storefront of the toy store. And so we just kind of have to come by and, you know, do a wellness <laughs> check. It's 11 o'clock at night, um, and there's a girl in the window. And they looked. They saw no one. Um mm. As he was leaving, Kelly was like, you know, you're not the first person that says this place is haunted. And the, the police officer turned around and just said, this is a very old town, and then just left. It was like straight out of a movie. <laughs> wow. Um, a couple months later, they had a medium come in, and he was doing a reading. And he was, you know, very Hollywood medium, kind of like, you know, in a trance with the with the paper, pencil to paper kind of thing. And he was telling someone about whatever he was talking about Uh and in the middle of a sentence, he just turned to Kelly and he says, you do know there's a little girl that lives here. Her name is Sally. Ah. And then just turned right back to the lady and uh, just went back into his thing. And since then, you know, we do a lot of paranormal nights here where we try to talk to Sally. And Sally has always been particularly responsive to me uh, at least 15 times. She's picked something up off of a shelf and dropped it to the ground in front of me. Like shelves with a lip. We've watched things lift off a shelf over the lip and fall to the ground. Balls roll on their own. All of these crazy things happen here. She's always been very responsive and particularly responsive to me. I mean, this morning I was in the basement and I had to make a phone call and I was down here and uh, all of a sudden a whole row of lights just went out. And I was like, okay. And they flickered for a minute and then just went back off, came back on. And all of a sudden, a toy just rolled down the the stairs of the basement. I was down here alone. A toy just fell down the stairs. I walked over to it, and the stairs in a different part of the room um, where the door was closed, a cup from last night when we were eating here had rolled down the stairs and stopped on the fourth step. It didn't even, like, we were, like, trying to recreate it, pushing the cup down, and it would, you know, it would always roll to to the very bottom. It would never stop. But the cup had completely just stopped four steps down from where it started rolling, and it was like all this stuff happens here all the time. Um, But I feel very uh, receptive to energy, and I feel as though energy uh, is very receptive to me, especially in the case of, this little girl named Sally. Well, you're right. I mean, given what 
TK found in your numbers, and when I was just taking a look at your energy, I see that they see you. And eventually you'll be able to see them too. Because it's almost like your energy extends far from your physical body, yours especially. So they see you. And it could be one of the reasons why the entities at Bobby Mackey's were able to communicate with you in a way that they really shouldn't be, but they did. And so for you, this is a kind of an, an, a second nature thing, very similar to your ability to write songs and sing. So it's very close to that because it's another form of communication. Right. Uh, Britt, what is the number on the building that you're at? Just the number? 1510. It's a seven. Uh, that uh, deals with strong spirituality. I kept getting that, and the seven deals with the spiritual side of things. And the number is a uh-huh. seven. So there would be a lot more spirituality ongoing there. Uh, there are secrets that will be made known to you if you reach in within the heart, your heart, because you always do two things at one time. You can do what is commanded, shall we say, on the outside, but that inner voice of yours can reach this seven if you allow it. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's Amazing. right. Like, what, yep. that, that sounds um, exciting to me. I need to get yeah. on Yeah. Well, just remember, paranormal is normal. I mean, that's our tagline. And <laughs> it's also how we personally feel about this entire field. It's basically just operating on another vibrational level. Some people have a talent for that, and they can see into it and communicate like mediums do. Um, you have a very unique talent with this kind of energy that will you'll develop over time, and it's, it's a great thing to have. It's wonderful that you're so excited by all of this, but just keep in mind to protect yourself at the same time. Definitely. Right. Definitely. And some of these things don't have your best interest at heart, so... Totally. Um, yeah. That, you know, in the case of Bobby Mackey, felt, you know, very overwhelmingly <laughs> obvious there. Um, <laughs> here, we've always felt cool. We've always felt really cool yeah. here. Um, Sally's like reached out and touched us one time. I'll never forget that day because it was so obvious. Uh, my friends were having a, a party, a jewelry making party for some children, and I was helping them out. And I was backing up and talking to one of them. And I felt someone touch my back which I immediately thought that I just ran into a child because I wasn't looking where I was going. So I turned around and there was no one behind me. And I made the, I was like, I made the mental note to think that's weird. Maybe I thought something happened and something didn't happen. And I didn't say anything to anyone. And 10 minutes later, Kelly's partner, his name is Red. um, I was looking at him and he just goes, uh, Kelly, stop touching me. And he turned around, and there was no one behind him. And he always tells the story. He says, I was not going to say anything because I didn't want people uh, to think that I was crazy. But I felt an overwhelming urge that I have to tell Britain that this happened. I have to tell Britain. And he said, you know, you'll never believe this, but something just touched my back and no one's behind me. And I was like, you'll never believe this, but that happened to me about 10 minutes ago. No one was <laughs> behind me. And I never said anything to him. And so it's That's really great. amazing that, you know, he was, he felt an overwhelming urge. To, he wasn't going to say anything. And then he was like, no, I have to tell Britain. And then, have you, you ever, 
It's amazing. Have you ever set up infrared cameras there? We have not. Might want to look into that. That would be fun. I bet you'd catch some things on it. Oh, I bet we so. should. It's a really active place here in South Pasadena. I mean, South Pasadena uh, is really active overall. It's got some weird things going on in it, but you know, uh, I love the town. It's my favorite place, but um, it's definitely got an old history. I mean, this building has been here for forever, and um, there's no there's no telling. Obviously, I I wanna I wanna pick your guys' brain on this because we were just talking about you know like the way spirits attach themselves to places, and um, obviously. You know, a lot of people, attachment comes out of a place of trauma, or at least that's the popular idea, uh, Mm -hmm. is that obviously something bad happens, it's haunted. And if nothing bad happens, then people are like, oh, it's probably not haunted. But um, my friend Aiden, who is the the man who runs the ghost investigations and seances on the Queen Mary, makes the point that maybe your spirit – returns back to a time that it was happiest. And so while we've never found any records of anybody passing away near the property or anybody in the area passing away named Sally or anything, um, our running theory is that maybe this is a little girl that passed on and maybe the happiest day was coming into the toy store with her family. Those that's, This is her happy place. So that may be um, a really dumb theory, but I just kind of want to know what you guys think about attachment and um, how that happens. I think that's not. I think that's far from a dumb theory. I think that makes a lot of good sense because when when you think about places that you've been or situations, there's always that feeling of like uh, I've been there before or the knowing of something, not knowing why, but that that a connection and since a toy store and it was a child it just feels right and since the address is a seven which deals with the spirituality to begin with i would not be surprised at all if you check further that you may find who the parents are for this child you see if something right. had happened within the perimeter of the house or the business Right. I need to, I, we yeah. need to look into it further. I'd like to know more Find about the who this little girl is. Yeah, and I agree with PK. I think that's a, an excellent theory. There's many reasons why spirits stay around, and sometimes they're not really staying around. They're, it's just that you are at a nexus point where you can see into their reality and they can see into yours. So mm-hmm. there's a lot more to this, this interdimensional connection and the fact that uh, time is a construct. It doesn't really exist. So all things are happening at the same time. When you think about it that way, it's highly likely that you're experiencing this little girl in her own time frame. And that's that's even Mm -hmm. more intense than than what uh, most theories are like. But that's what we've seen, and that's what we've discussed with many of our guests on the air is that interconnection, and sometimes these dimensions just cross over one on top of the other. And that's where you get time slips also, people disappearing and vanishing, never to be seen again because they've actually slipped into 
another reality. These things do happen. Right. So there's many possibilities here. But I like remember the spirit. One time, with, I don't remember who it was we were speaking with, but they said the difference between this reality and the other is about the step of a, of a, a curb, the distance of one curb to the other, that right. they bypass one another, but yet they're that close they could coincide with one another. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yes. So. And all this is so amazing. I, I love talking about this. First off, this is the first time I've ever um, – talked about any of this um which is amazing um on air with anybody um and so i'm glad that you both are my first time doing this because i'm having such a great time oh and we are too with you this is just great fun britain tell us tell us a little bit about this song october's queen that you wrote and and sang and we're going to play that in just a couple minutes but how did you come to write this song um so you know I talked a little bit earlier about uh, being able to find, you know, my kind of outlet um, in horror films when I was a little kid. Um, I found them really early. I just felt like, you know, they were something really cool that I was into. I mean, I just remember being amazed at, like, how does this happen? Um, Like, how how do they do this? How is this done? Um, how do they make this do that? I just remember being amazed by it. And it was just kind of, it was my my outlet. And I went into the studio one day with my co-writer and producer, Derek Furman, uh, here in, uh, in Burbank, where I live. Um, and I was like, look, I just realized, you know, it was it was September of last year. I was like, if this is if this is November, they're already playing Christmas music. If it was November 18th, it's already Christmas music. And I'm tired of I'm t- I don't like Christmas music. It always dominates the radio. And there's no Halloween songs. And if there are, they're all really creepy, and it would never get played on the radio. So we should try to play. We should try to write a Halloween song that um that gets played on the radio. And I had this. Uh, idea for October's Queen. She's a priestess on the weekend. She's a witch on Halloween. Uh, this this line, and we just built around that. And you know, we're writing it about um, a teenage girl who finds empowerment through you know the idea that in these horror films that the only person that can defeat the bad guy is um, a woman. All the all the men are killed really, really early. And the only the only people left at the end that always kill the bad guy is a woman. And we were like, well, let's write about that, that sense of empowerment through through um, through horror films and just rewatching it and, like, doing what I did, which was, like, acting like I was in the movie and all of that kind of stuff. So that's where the song oh, came fun. from, was, you know, trying to trying to relay my experience, but in a more universal way. Well, let's play the song for everybody right now. So our audience is going to get quite a gift right now to hear this song. Before you actually release it, because you are releasing it this Friday, you said, uh, with a video. Right? Yeah, it'll be Friday. That's when it comes out is this Friday. So this is the first time it has ever been played anywhere. All right. Wonderful. So let's play it for everybody. And then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the Queen Mary. We're going to talk about Mossman. So stay tuned, yes, everybody. Listen to this incredible song 
and it's written and and is sung by Britton Buchanan. Thank you very that very much. Great. We're really we're really proud of it. Now, where can we see the video on Friday? Where do we go to watch that? So the music video is coming out on Friday. It'll be on my YouTube channel, Britton Buchanan. 
the concept of the music video was we wanted to find a way. I have somehow found myself in the orbit of some of my favorite scream queens and horror actors that I watched growing up. And we've, um, a lot of us have become really close and I wanted to find a way that all of me and my genre friends could, could do something together. And so there's a lip sync, uh, music video all shot on iPhone that's coming out on Friday on YouTube featuring 24, um, horror genre icons, everyone from D Wallace to, um, Felissa Rose to Barbara Crampton to Daniel Harris to Joe Bob Briggs to Kane Hodder. We're all, we have everybody. Oh, my goodness. Can't wait to see that. So that will be on your YouTube channel on Friday. We're going to definitely watch for that, and we'll announce it again and remind everybody to go there Friday to see it. Great Halloween song. Terrific. Thank you very much. Yes. Oh, my. Now, let's see. Where do we go from here after hearing that wonderful song? How about Mothman? Let's talk about Mothman. All right. I love it. He's my favorite. <laughs> Mine too, and so is PK's. We're, we love Mothman. Now, have you been it's to Point Pleasant? So, I believe you said you did, right? You took a trip there? Yes. I think we went for like five days or so. Um, stayed in the Low Hotel, which is the only hotel I've ever stayed in that still has a skeleton key to unlock your door. Um, oh and it was so amazing. <laughs> we had such a great time right across the street from the Mothman museum um in the mothman statue we went into the bunkers you know we you know sat down and talked with a lot of people in town about you know their thoughts on all of this because like i initially really believed it but i was with two people who didn't really uh think much of it at all and so we were like all right well we'll talk to people in town and see what they think because if they believe it then it must be real and everyone was like oh yeah that happened for sure that definitely happened and, There's uh, no they question sold, it did. They sold my yes. friend. It's amazing. Like, I think it's one of the, you know, I mean, it's one of my favorite things in the entire world. I have my Mothman uh, baseball T-shirt that I wear all the time. Um, I am his, um, I am like the poster boy for Mothman fanatics <laughs> when it comes <laughs> to people that are really proud of it. Oh, that's great. Well, now I want to just share with our audience, some of the people may not know the backstory of Mothman. The first sighting occurred near Point Pleasant, West Virginia in 1966, and it happened on November 12th of that year. There were actually five men digging a grave when they looked up and they reported seeing a man-like shadowy figure fly over their heads. And then it was three days later that, that actually two young couples, Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Mallett, told police they were chased in their car by a black figure with a 10-foot wingspan. This is no small mothman. This is a big mothman. And glowing red eyes, which scared the crap out of them. And this also happened uh, near Point Pleasant and by a former World War II munitions site called TNT area. So they had so many sightings, and these were all reported in the newspaper, the Point Pleasant Register, and they they called it a man-sized bird creature something, and then it got the name Mothman after that. 
but the thing that I think really spooked everybody, not just seeing this huge uh, figure flying alongside their car or over their heads, is the fact that the bridge collapsed. So yes. that tragedy, it, it really scared everybody because it, it, it was so unusual and it happened. The Silver Bridge is what the name of the bridge was, and, and it uh, carried U.S. Route 35 over the Ohio River and connected Point Pleasant to Galapagos, I believe it's pronounced, Ohio. And it collapsed on December 15th under the weight of heavy rush hour traffic, and it was um, around, obviously, the Christmas holiday. The accident killed 46 people. Two of the bodies were never found. And they did attribute this to a faulty I-bar suspension chain and poor maintenance of the bridge. However, because Mothman was spotted along the bridge and prior to this, they wondered if Mothman caused it. Now, what's your opinion of that? What do you think? Did he cause it? We'll tell you ours, too. I don't know if he caused it, but I definitely think, I mean, I know that a lot of people, you know, believe that he's like a harbinger of bad news. Like, if you see the, the guy, bad things are probably going to happen. I believe that's correct, right? I'm not wrong. I'm not off, right? Yeah. Am I thinking about the right thing? The people, yeah. I know that, like, yeah, yeah, you some are. crazy stuff that happened in Texas that, you know, w- there was like a tornado or a hurricane or something, and he had a bunch of sightings before that. I know right. I've read that there was some Mothman sightings in Japan before the big tsunami. That's true. That there was a bunch of, like, crazy, you know. I, so I don't know if he caused it, because I guess that if I say that he caused that, then that would mean that he technically could have caused all the other stuff as well, right? Would that mean that? Yeah, and the thing is that we have to wonder, because the people who initially spotted him, the couples that initially spotted him, said that before he appeared, they saw a UFO. So you have to wonder if Mothman is, in fact, a scout and sent here to watch whatever craziness we're up to and reports back. I don't think Mothman is some ethereal thing. It seems solid. And the fact that, again, these people saw him, saw Mothman after they saw the UFO, there has to be some connection there. But, yeah, I agree with you. I I don't think he caused any of it. PK, what do you think? Uh, You know, it's, it's one of those things, what came first, the chicken or the egg type thing. What's creating right. what? I, I really feel it's, it's hard to really to put a, a, a tag to this right now. You see, the thing that also makes me think that Mothman didn't cause this is the fact that nobody was harmed by Mothman. In all of these sightings that were reported, and there were so many, nobody reported being uh, attacked in any way. Uh, if they were frightened, but, but that's different from something like a cryptid like an angry Bigfoot or Wolfman or something like that coming after them. It wasn't like that. So it was more observational from the descriptions that were given by the witnesses. Right. What's so convincing to me about him as well, um, I believe, you know, the first time I became aware of him, uh, this kind of makes me, this may make me a a bad um, paranormalist, but, 
the first time I became aware of it, was, it. was, it was it, they did this show called BuzzFeed Unsolved, and they go to a lot of these places. And that was the very first episode I saw of these things, a skeptic and a believer together. And they went to uh, Point Pleasant and kind of like dug into the case. And I believe one of them uh, made this argument uh, that what is so convincing about that, not the initial sighting, but the two couples that saw it, Mothman, was that they saw him once in the bunkers, drove away, and then decided that they wanted to come back and see if they really saw what they saw and drove back then uh drove a, drove away once they saw Mothman again and then made a police report where all four stories are impeccably the same and mm-hmm. so for me the fact that they one went back to see if they actually saw what they saw and two that there was not any difference in any of their four stories um, tells me that that's that's extremely convincing to me because it if you're is. lying, it's mm-hmm. got to be a very well thought out lie for four of you yeah. to um to to hit it right on the money and to think oh we should tell them that you know we saw it left and then went back. Yes, that's the point. You know, there's another story, and I don't know if you've seen this one, uh, Britain about. Mothman and how a couple more recently went into the bunker area, and but they were kind of taunting Mothman. And guess what? Mothman kind of followed them back to their house and taunted oh, no. them back. And but it didn't hurt them. It scared the crap out of them. And they ended up moving away because they felt they couldn't get away from what they started. But they started it with. Some of what wow. they did, which was disrespectful, in my opinion. I mean, it's like you don't want to, you know, take a, a stick to a rattlesnake, and that's exactly. kind of what they did. So it's it was an unfortunate experience for them, and they they did document it quite intensely, and it was a very interesting story of how Mothman kind of paid them back. But it's worth looking into that story since you're a Mothman fan. And it's a good lesson that whenever you go hunting for things like this, you better bring your respect with you because there's no question in my mind that a lot of these cryptids, not all of them, are are intelligent. And so they don't take kindly to uh, being provoked. Oh, definitely. It's like that's a big thing for me, too, is respect and um, whether it's a, a cryptid or a ghost or whatever it is. Just to be very respectful, um, if you're a skeptic and you're with a bunch of believers, take it seriously and don't try to uh, make light of the situation or make any jokes or anything. Like my big thing is, you know, everybody that comes with me, we all have to be respectful. No taunting. Um, I, I'm not a fan of that. Um, it, I, I, I don't want to go push Mothman around. That's for sure. Um, I don't <laughs> want him to follow me home. Yeah. That's right. It's right. I mean, I again, it's it's wonderful to try to set up communication and certainly we've had guests on the show that have had experiences like Dr. J. Remember Dr. J, PK? With mm-hmm. Bigfoot, yes, he's a psychologist that came across Bigfoot on a, a hike with his family and then from there developed an incredible relationship with Bigfoot and Again, he he came to the table with tremendous respect and a willingness to understand 
what Bigfoot had to say. So he's written two books about it. But, again, it was a very different attitude than how he approached it rather than uh, some of these ghost hunters and some of these people that are going after cryptids, like the unfortunate couple that provoked Mothman into tormenting them back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Not not for me. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot to know about the paranormal and and just behaving properly, having good manners, that always goes a long way. (laughs) Plain old courtesy goes a long way. Exactly. Be nice to them, they'll be nice to you. They're like every other person. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And sometimes you be and nice to them. They may, may have not more be power nice than to you do. back, but, yeah, right. you got to try Right, just like every other person as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> sometimes you are nice just to people and they're not nice and, back. And everything. We found that out about the fairy world. We found that out about Bigfoot. We found that out about soul, aliens, so many things, and, and our wonderful guests that have shared their stories with us. So now you're going to be going off for Halloween, let's talk about this a little bit, to the Queen Mary, which is an incredibly haunted ship. Many stories have come out of that ship, and you're going to be performing a song there called Skylark, which is an old-time song, and you're going to be performing that for the purpose of bringing out the spirits, right? Yes, we we have gotten word that... Um, that the uh, ghost on the ship really likes the song Skylark. So we are um, we are trying our hardest to to make something happen. Excellent. So when will you be performing that? Is that going to be at the beginning of the exploration on the ship, or when when can we look for you on that? That's a great question that I need to find out the answer to. Because uh, I, okay. I believe I'm sticking around and uh, and investigating as well, and so I I need to figure out when when I'm doing that. Yeah, well, let us know when you know, and we'll be sure to post it. And what are the stories that you've heard about the Queen Mary? You know, I've had a couple. I've stayed in B340 with um, two of my best friends, and. Um, you know, we had some stuff happen. We had, you know, closet doors shut, um, clothes hangers fly off the rack, uh, one of which I took home um, because uh, I needed a souvenir. Um, <laughs> and a bunch of different stuff like that. In that room, we've had, you know, some interesting uh, stuff happen in ghost investigations that we've done with our friend Aiden. But, um, Particularly drawn to that boat because I'm obsessed with ships from that time period mm-hmm. uh, and from before. Like I'm particularly obsessed with Titanic, um, and even though the Queen Mary is bigger and built uh, quite a few years later than Titanic, uh, it 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 for some reason makes me feel as if I'm close to being on a something that resembles that boat. And so you know it's. It, I have such a love affair with with the Queen Mary um, that I'm I'm so excited to go back. And obviously, I know all of the all of the stories in the sense of the girl in the swimming pool and um, all of those kind of stories. And I'm waiting um, to hopefully see all of these folks myself. 
Now, the story wonderful. about the swimming pool, can you share that one with us? I just know that, you know, that there's a little girl, um, I believe she hangs out near the swimming pool, I believe is where guests have seen her, who they've always seen her, you know, soaking wet. Um, and they believe, well, I've heard that, uh, you know, someone drowned in the swimming pool, the little girl, but there's not any record of, you know, anybody ever drowning in the pool, um, or I don't even know if there's a record of a, of a young girl dying on the boat, which goes back to kind of what we talked about earlier in the sense that people returning back to the place that they're happiest or alternate realities or something like that, um, which is what I find so fascinating. Really, I don't believe that, like, actually, speaking with, with Aiden, that really any of the, the, the ghosts that we hear about um, the popular ghost from the Queen Mary. I don't know if really anyone matching that description um, has passed away on the boat. So it's all, I think that that's what's so interesting to me is like getting to the bottom of all of that and uh, and seeing if I can figure out um, figure out what's going on there. Now with that swimming pool story with the little girl, I know that there was something on television reported about it years ago where people had seen actual, like, wet footprints going from the mm-hmm. pool out. Wow. And right. yeah, that would be something well, to see. Yeah. That would be something to see. I think at this point, I believe that the pool is, that area of the ship is closed to the public right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, it's so funny that all of the, um, People at Dark Zone were like, do you have a particular area you would like to investigate? We have the whole ship. And I was like, you have the whole ship? Like, the swimming pool whole ship? And they were like, no, unfortunately, the swimming pool (laughs) is closed. Darn, it's still closed. Oh, that's too bad. Oh, my goodness. No swimming pool for me. No, I don't think you want to be there. I guess, yeah, it, it... it's uh I don't know where we're investigating or what we're doing because it's all a surprise to me. I'm just grateful to to be involved. No, last time they did live stream like this, they did a lot of it virtually. Is that how they're doing this now? Uh, Sounds like you're gonna, gonna be, be there live. For sure. Um I know a friend of mine, Kane Hodder, um, who is the only person to ever play Jason in the Friday the thirteenth movies more than once is coming in virtually. Um, mm-hmm. But I will be on the boat, and I'm really excited about it. So you'll be there. Now, how can people get I tickets? Will be there. Do they go to the darkzone.tv to get their virtual experience? Because they're not going to be allowed on the boat, obviously. But they'll be doing the same thing right. that they've done in the past with the Conjuring House and with the Lizzie Borden Murder House is offering tickets for a virtual experience that they can watch this 24 hours a day for, is it four days this time? Four days, which is pretty magical to me. The idea that, you know, they're going to be doing this for four days. I mean, I got to get a ticket because I got to see all the other days. I'll be there on Halloween, but um, they're doing it for two days before and and for Day of the Dead afterwards. So I've got to figure out how I'm going to watch it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Well, it's nice that you'll also get the experience of being there on the ship 
And but you said you've been there before, so this is not a new experience for you. I've been there. I've stayed there. I'm so fascinated by the Queen Mary. Uh, and I have such a love affair with the boat that this truthfully, uh, genuinely, in all um, in all senses of the word, is actually a dream come true. Like literally, like it's closed to the public still. Obviously, California has some COVID restrictions still in place, and the Queen is closed. So mm-hmm. it's only going to be us on the boat, the production. That's How fabulous. ideal. So, yeah, you may actually – have stand a chance to see some things happen. Mhm. Exactly, and you know that's what's really exciting. I, the the most prominent experience I've had there is because I was staying there alone with a couple of other people. So right. Um, yes. Maybe with with now with fewer people that will actually get a pretty great authentic experience. Yes. So you'll play the song whenever they decide to tell you what time that is and date. Let us know. And right. this is this is an old Hoagie Carmichael song, right? That's where it comes from. So it that's is an old back. Hoagie Carmichael song. Right. Songwriter of Georgia on my mind, right? Charles' biggest hit. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, there was... So, okay, yes, so it's everybody really can, old. Yeah, it is. So, anyways, it's... it's Apparently, the time that that ship was in operation, and people can go again to thedarkzone.tv to get your tickets. And if you want to see the trailer for it, you can see it on our Facebook page. It was just posted there today. Now, there's one other place, Britain, that you mentioned, but you said it was kind of a disappointment, and that was the Devil's Tramping Ground in North Carolina. So, tell us yeah. about that. So the Devil's Tramping Ground actually is 30 minutes from where I grew up and where I lived until about two years ago. And it, I, you know, you hear all these legends about the Devil's Tramping Ground. You expect it to be a really creepy place. And what I realized very quickly when I showed up there was that what makes all of these other places creepy is, and, you know, and the, the upkeep at a lot of these places the fact that people own them and people run them and people are able to do tours and whatnot there really helps. And considering the Devil's Traffic Ground is just a circle in the middle of the woods, there is a lot of beer cans and trash and everything just strewn all over the place. Oh, um, and sad. so it was definitely a letdown. Yeah, because there's, there's a lot of stories about it, apparently. Just a little background that I pulled on it of, uh, it's located 10 miles from Siler City, is that correct, in Chatham 10 County? 10 miles from Siler City, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just a foot-wide bare path forming a perfect circle 40 feet in diameter. And a regional legend, they say, maintains that Satan frequents this area on his nightly walks, pacing the circle as he contemplates his evil deeds. Now, what's unusual is normal vegetation surrounds the circle, but only a wiry grass grows inside it, and no plant life of any kind can be found on the path itself. Now, the other weird thing is that locals have tried unsuccessfully to transplant the wiry grass to other soils, but it doesn't work. So there is something going on there, whatever it is, I don't know, but I guess there's been some theories put forth about salt, a lot of salt in that area that might have created that. 
But it's odd that it was a perfect circle, and there is no final explanation on why it's there. Totally. Everything about it is odd. It, it, I think, you know, like I do think it comes down to the fact that, you know, there's no there's no one out there putting in, you know, the love that it needs to, you know, maintain itself. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, you know, people that are thrill seekers, quote unquote, uh, want to go out there and just party and try to scare their girlfriends or their boyfriends or whatever they want to do. And, um, May, hopefully one day, you know what, hopefully one day there will be someone right outside of Siler City, North Carolina, in Chatham County who just loves this so much that he'll go out there or she will go out there or they will go out there and pick up everybody's trash. Because <laughs> then it will be a, a heck of a lot better. Oh, my I'm God. What's anyway. wrong with us humans? Jesus. But the other thing is we this. You know, it sounds everywhere. a lot like a UFO landing. Yeah, because I didn't even think is, about that. Well, you just said it, but that makes so it. much sense. Yeah, because nothing grows on the inside. We've we've heard this so many times before, and also the fact that it's a perfect circle, which is unusual. Obviously, that seeing that in nature is not that uh, common, but it is common to right. UFO landings. That is actually so. really amazing, and I've never thought about it before. And so, you know, this is going to be my new. My new thing, I think. <laughs> I'm going to try to figure out if it was aliens or not. It could have been. There could have been a UFO experience there a uh, long time ago, and no one reported it. Maybe nobody saw it if it was deep in the woods like that. So it's possible people saw a light in the sky but never associated it with that particular area where the landing happened. Right. And then they just skipped out because... Because they, they didn't want to be in Siler City. No one wants to be in Siler City. Not even the aliens. Not even the devil anymore, I guess. I yeah, think they're that, like, hey, I, there is nothing happening here. Yeah, you know, what did that say, I guess, about Siler City, that the devil chose to set up shop in Siler City to figure out all of his evil deeds. That's really, absolutely, that's not a good look for Siler City. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but even he left, and everybody throws their, their trash there. Oh, my goodness. That is even exactly. worse. Exactly. <laughs> it's even worse. He, he, he got out of town. Yeah, he <laughs> left. The aliens left, and I guess uh, that's what's happening in Siler City. So, no, no, yep. no criticism Red, intended Red of any area in North Carolina, but it is odd. So, but that is something to consider uh, about that area and why there would be uh, an area that the grass or the wiry stuff, whatever it is that's growing in the center, can't be transplanted and live in any other spot. Uh, might have been affected by radiation or some other type of energy blast. So, could have created that. Very curious. I think I, I, I like the alien theory. I think I've yeah. decided on that. I'm going to start pushing it. My life's work. Yeah, you could even write a song about it. <laughs> yes. It could be your yeah, next song. I do song. have a song about aliens. You do, and you didn't share it with us. I do. Oh my God. It's going to have to come back. I'll do that at with... some point. Yeah, it's one of our favorite topics. We we love it. We love all of this, Brittany, as you can tell. We love it all. 
Well, when, yeah. we're, if we're talking about aliens, I do want to give a quick shout out to my friend Christopher Hoke, who composed the score for the brand new documentary called The Phenomenon, which is now the number one documentary in the world. That's an extremely um, thorough and convincing look at the existence of UFOs. Harry Reid is in it. All of these like government officials are in it. It's really amazing. So if you guys haven't seen it, you should watch it. And anyone that's listening that hasn't seen it should go seek it out as well. Well, I'm definitely going to post that on our Facebook page so people will know where to find it. Is this something that's available on Netflix, YouTube, Amazon? Where can people find it? Not Netflix, but it's streaming everywhere uh, The video on demand is streaming. So, um, you know, it, Amazon, YouTube, um, basically anywhere that you can purchase it uh, uh, for you know, streaming online. It's nowhere on a streaming service yet. Hopefully that'll happen in the future. Uh, they did another alien documentary a couple of years ago called I Know What I Saw. It is the same oh, yeah, director. Oh, yeah, we saw that one. Yep, it's the same director. My friend also composed the score for that as well. And so um, this one is even bigger and even better. And um, it's really amazing. There's a scene where there was a UFO sighting at an elementary school in Africa uh, several years ago, and they took all of these uh, now-grown adults who saw the UFOs and who claimed to have interaction with an alien uh, back Excellent. to the spot of the, of the landing. So you guys well, have gonna, to see it. We are definitely going to see that. We will definitely see that. Thank you for the tip. It's called Phenomenon, everybody, and I'll be posting it on our Facebook page so you can all check it out. And Britton, thank you so much for joining us. This hour and a half went way too fast, but it's been an absolute pleasure. And please keep in touch. We're going to be watching your career. You have a whole bunch of new fans here. So God bless you, and we wish you you all the best. Good luck. Thanks so much for having me. I hope to be back soon. God bless you both. Yes, we'd love to have you back. Have fun on the Queen Mary. And next week, everybody, we're back with Tales from Sedona. Don't miss it. And then we will also, until we talk to you again next week, we'll see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everybody. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural Girls. It was such a blast for me, really, truthfully, genuinely. I, you know, I've never gotten the chance to talk about my love for all this stuff before, so I'm thrilled that um, I had the opportunity, and especially with the both of you. Well, it was our pleasure, and any time that you have questions or whatever, if we can help you out with anything, just give us a call. And we'd love to have you back, so you just keep us posted on your schedule, okay? Yeah, I would love to come back. All righty then, you're on the list, and again, thank you so much, and good luck with everything, and have a lot of fun on the Queen Mary. Thanks so much, I really appreciate it. Thank you both. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. All right, bye.